If you have any last words, now is the time. You might say Miss Sande gets ahead in life. <laughs> this is spoilers. Spoiler. Hey now. This is spoilers. <laughs> Man, Pappy, and before we get into Game of Thrones talk proper, is there any specific reason you won't give me your Epic Games Fortnite handle? Oh, no. It's just Pappy IU. You can add me on there. I can't complete any of the challenges that require friends since I have none, so that would be really helpful. I've been asking you for like 72 hours for your... I don't get it. You've been ignoring me in the thread. Pappy, I've invited you before, and you haven't come to the game. Recently? Uh... I don't know about that. A week one. ago, maybe the, vo- but, the voice you hear is from North Carolina, brother Jordan. Did you like did. this episode? It was all right. All right. <laughs> all right. I yeah, I mean, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> Thank you for that great insight, Brett. Yeah, you're from Fort Wayne. Um, you've just recently binged Game of Thrones. How are you feeling after having to wait a week for this episode? It's pretty brutal, man. Uh, I mean, I was actually thinking earlier, it probably would have sucked really bad if I had to wait two years or however long it was, but I, I think I did it the right way. And the week sucks, but oh well, it's almost over. And lastly, Renee Pixie Bomber, thank goodness we have you on this pod because this episode is getting a lot of flack for... Um, not really having a good perspective on the female way of life. Is so, it most gl- of that flack from me, though? I've seen it everywhere. Oh, so it's not just Widespread me. Widespread flack. What are people whining what? about now? That you guys don't have any bitches on your own male podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> Let's get into the episode. Uh, Jordan, there's like a quick funeral, then a party at the beginning. Do you want to lay mm-hmm. that out a little bit for us? Yeah, yeah. So they uh, kind of pan out on a bunch of like funeral pyres, and John makes a pretty badass speech about how they were guarding the realms of men. Um, and then they go in. The dinner is kind of tense Ooh, until. Okay, whoa, back up. Yeah, yeah. That speech gave me like Braveheart feelings when he was giving it. It's pretty awesome. It's one of the better writing of the episode. Yeah, I would totally agree. It's also super fucking sad. Like, I don't know, you really like feel a lot of the I don't know, like the grief that they're conveying, I think. Um and then but yeah, we go to there's already there's not only grief, but there's already this like politicizing sideways looks, I feel like that yeah, are already a lot of those happening. from Sansa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's become John. kinda like a villain in my opinion, almost. I think Cersei's a villain. You think she's become more to that s- spectrum? No. I just think she's become just more of a villainous personality. I mean, breaking an oath you made with your brother like six seconds after you made it is a pretty villainous thing. But no, Cersei's the, the worst. Tree. I think Sansa's actually taking a page out of Cersei's book right now. I think she probably has, in her own mind, some sort of backup plan and isn't really helping Jon's effort and Danny's effort, I think. And she's kind of waiting for them to have this battle down south. I think she's waiting for it to play out. 
Yeah. But what specifically does she not trust about Danny? Like, there's that scene where Arya and her, like, raise the objections to, to John that Brett was just talking about where he swears the oath. Like, what? Like, she came and defended them and lost, like, yeah. a dragon kind of early on in the process and then a bunch of her, like, army. Like, why are they still so not trusting her when they already hate Cersei? I because don't, it's I don't really another woman? I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think that wow, we just haven't Brett. explored the depths of Sansa's mistrust. It, is it Are like a not? southerner thing? Like, didn't her dad, like, burn Sansa's grandpa or something? Yeah. <laughs> didn't your dad, like, stab your mom? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the exact... <laughs> <laughs> you kind of delivered it like that, too. That yeah. But anyway, there's a really sad funeral, and then they have a feast... And I heard somebody mention this episode in reference to the Red Wedding. So I was feeling pretty tense. But only the only thing that really happens here is uh, Gendry becomes Gendry Baratheon. Uh, am I saying that right? Baratheon? Baratheon? Yeah. Baratheon? I also thought it was... Lord of Gen- Storm's End. It's Gendry, isn't it? Yes. Uh, whatever. Everyone knows. But it's uh, the dude from Skins. He's you, the bro. guy that hooked up with Arya a couple weekends ago. And... Yes, um, Arya to marry him, and she says no, and she kind of goes off with the hound. So those things I felt like were wrapped up pretty quick. But Brett, I think the next it was kind beautiful of important- how she said no, though it wasn't. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice way to decline yeah. a kiss, and then she parted with, "She's no lady." She's it's being nice. You. It's me. Hmm. Yeah. What, she's kind of she's kind of how Liana is described in the books. I would say uh, she really has that like loner, always riding a horse away from things sort of attitude. A scene that I take great issue with was when the Hound and when Sansa are having the Little Bird conversation. It's so the Hound says you've changed, Little Bird, and then they have a short <laughs> conversation. And while she's holding his hand, she says, "Without Littlefinger, Ramsay, and the rest." I would have stayed a little bird all my life. And then she gets up. I don't think the writing was the best for that scene. Speaking as somebody who has gone through um, domestic violence and other abuse in my life, I would not phrase it that way. And so it kind of hit me and I understood in a deep painful way what she meant, but never would I have chosen my past for the sake of growing. I think growth will happen regardless of you know, the circumstances, hers were just really shitty. They could have written it better. And this is where the episode falters for me. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been different if she mentioned maybe Littlefinger specifically, but to bring Ramsay into it, like he taught her something. I don't really buy that, I don't Mm. think. No, if anything, it just hardened her. Doesn't Danny, isn't that part of Danny's like plea to John too? Um, Pappy, do you know what I'm talking about? She's kind of like, your sister's changed. and Can you fill us in on what happens in that pretty important conversation? Yeah, so this is after the party, and uh, Danny asks John if he's drunk, and he does a little stumble-bumble, a little Pappy shuffle, and says, <laughs> no, I'm not. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, basically, <laughs> she lays... I mean, they start to make out, and then she kind of, like... Then he kind of pulls away, um, either because it's his aunt or because of the unfinished conversation. And she basically like lays out this like path, saying, you know, 
the only way we can stay together is if you don't tell anybody because once the secret gets out, like you already have won the trust of the people. And, and kind of like the end of that party scene too, like she like storms off like really childishly. You know what I mean? Like it's almost for like right before that happens, like there's a big toast to her and then she throws it like to Arya Stark. Like, so she has like, does two smart things in a row, but then she like, just like storms off cause like people aren't paying attention to her. I don't know. Danny's coming across as kind of a bad guy yeah. in the scene. Oh, she's having a breakdown. Like, there's a camera on her, and she's just emotionally getting destroyed because of how much everybody loves John. And she's being threatened by his presence. Isn't that pretty petty? Yeah, she's petty the entire episode. It seems like an overreaction. Yeah, she is kind of petty. She's kind of Tom petty. She's a heartbreaker. John... Immediately after he tells Danny that he will keep the secret between them, he's in the Godwood and smash um, cut. <laughs> yeah, and Ron Howard's voice comes on and says he did tell him, <laughs> but he really didn't. I didn't think he made a decision. What? I think the line was, uh, "You'll always be my queen, but they'll always be my family," and then it. She goes from Danny looking happy to Danny looking pissed. Yeah. And then the smash cut. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he came out and said he wouldn't tell. I thought it was kind of ambiguous. And well, okay, let me try that again. Let me try this yeah. again then. So, so John tells Sansa and Arya this stark secret. And he makes them swear in the gods would to not tell anyone. <laughs> and then we have a smash cut and, Ryan, and Ron Howard's voice comes on and he goes, <laughs> She did tell him. But he really didn't. <laughs> there because we, we have Tyrion and Varys also talking about Jon's <laughs> heritage now. I don't know. I was kind of enthralled by this. I feel like they needed to get people to weigh in on this issue or something. It's also a little rush, maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think? I like that people know. I just, it just makes me, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's really weirding me out. Various being back and like the whole like secret and like consciously of spreading information felt like old school Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That was like one of my favorite parts of the world. It was a great yeah. conversation they had in the Dragonstone throne. Yeah, it brings a lot of tension back to the show, like with all these people trying to like make moves and like Pappy said, like spread information, almost like propaganda. Um and like planning treason actively, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's like They've had so many, uh, a lot of the conflicts in the last few seasons have been like battles with other people, but this is like bringing back, to, like Pappy said, like the actual Game of Thrones, like uh, shifting around to see who they can get in power. It's, it is like a throwback to early days. I was getting that feeling too from it. Yeah. I, it's really interesting you guys say that because this next scene, and I was going to pass it to you earlier, Brett. Um, the Lannister boys are talking and. This really felt like old school Game of Thrones as well, didn't you think? Well, they're just kind of they're just kind of messing around, talking with each other, right? Or I can't remember if they're scheming or not. Oh, he's like, yeah, you're gonna stay behind, kind of like good for you and everything, right? And then Bron, who always kind of was liked slash was meh on, and now I want him to like take an arrow through the throat. So he comes in and he's basically he's like, I'm gonna kill. Both you guys, unless you promise me High Garden or whatever, some crown, uh, some lord and lordship and title and land and castle. Did you not like this scene, Brett? I did. I, I thought it was a good scene. I just hate Bron now. Bron's on my list. 
Tyrion definitely showed his hand, and they referenced back to their deal they made where Tyrion would give him double. So that was a really nice reference to when they first met. And again, it's I, I understand. I was talking to somebody at work today. I mean, Bran has always been and will always be uh, cutthroat. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to make to better myself in life. So it's not like surprising. It just made me mad. I mean, I'm not surprised by it. It was all really good and real fitting for Bronn. I was kind of hoping that he liked the Lannister like they were buddies. So, but again, he's he's a sellsword. I mean, that's what they do. So, Josh, do you think that'll play into the end game for Tyrion? Because I feel like that's like a really weird scene to throw in there if that wasn't like an important promise he's he's either going to have to keep or break. And I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if like he's soprano style like eating in a diner and then it just cuts to black after braun puts an arrow in the back of his head that would suck yeah i mean i think they've earned that to happen but just this scene as it as it an isolation of itself i thought was amazing because i honestly thought one of the lannister brothers was going to get a bolt to the face when he showed up i was wondering what was going to happen when he came in crossbow just a blazing so yeah no i'm with you i was really nervous i even said to my wife i said is this about to be Tyrion's time because it was a really weird like i just feel like it was shot really weird i mean it just made me it had such a sense of foreboding year after year i've shoveled lannister shit and what do i have to show you're a knight thanks to me thanks to me and that title's worth as much as a blonde hair from your brother's bulls power resides where men believe shut so- your mouth I'm just trying. I've never hit a dwarf before, but say another word and I will belt you. See, I don't believe you'd do that. You couldn't do it on your best day, you one-handed fuck, and your best days are long gone. Oh, you broke my nose. I did not break your nose. How do you know? Because I've been breaking noses since I was your size, and I know what it sounds like. Now listen. But, okay, but, but, but it's like a prediction standpoint. Like, what do you think is going to come of the scene? Like, what's the point? Like, it obviously has to come into play somehow to Tyrion's endgame or Bronn's endgame or something, right? I think Bronn might end up dying and it won't have won't matter, but I don't know. I think it's pretty clear Tyrion and Jamie have to give him High Garden or take him out. And so I, I don't know, that's interesting, Pat. I was thinking a lot today about High Garden and um what Bronn wants with the castle. I was thinking about his line today too that he told Tyrion and Jamie about how um, they may think they're like fancy from this huge lineage, but it was really because some initial guy just had like a lot of guts and killed a lot of dudes. Highgarden will never belong to a cutthroat. No? Who were your ancestors? The ones who made your family rich. Fancy lads in silk? They were fucking cutthroats. That's how all the great houses started, isn't it? With a hard bastard who was good at killing people. I like that line. Yeah. I don't know if either whoever ends up ruling will be happy with a sellsword being in charge of like what's possibly a big track of land who could get some power because, I mean, they're going to want loyalty and Bronn's pretty much shown he values gold over loyalty. I don't know. I don't know he if he values like castles that. over loyalty. Yeah, anything that betters him, he, he'll take. So I want I Bronn to get a castle him. and then I want him to die. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, to grab what was his and then watch it fade away. I totally get, Brett, what you're saying. Like, he's a sellsword, always will be a sellsword. But isn't that why we have, like, character arcs? Shouldn't there be some sort of bend in his? 
I thought so, but he, I think he reverted all the way back to episode five, Braun, in that scene. But he also did give him a heads up. I kind of agree. He did give him a chance to make him a better offer, which is typical Braun, so it's That's not that Braun. crazy. Pap, what were you going to say? No, I, I just I, I kind of agree. Like I was really surprised initially by the added by the attitude that he copped as soon as he walked in there. Like he was really ready to kill them, and and his complaint was that that he's been like jerked around by Lannisters. But yeah. Cersei's just as much of a Lannister as those other two. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like on the whole, Tyrion and Jaime have like a way better relationship with him than Cersei yeah. could potentially. But she did offer him the most, though I guess. Yeah, I guess. Which apparently those did you know those two actors won't be on screen together like they hate each other yeah I saw <laughs> that I just found that out last week Wait, that's awesome that? Which they dude? they used to date Bron and Cersei really mm-hmm. they like apparently yeah. it's in their contracts to not share screen it did time not end together. well that's like Kyburn yeah what the fuck huh that'd be interesting to go back and watch that scene and how they cut it knowing that I guess they like sent Kyburn to go talk Qyburn yeah Kyburn and even like the scene with in the dragon pit where Cersei and uh, uh, Daenerys meet for the first time. He takes pot and they go drink, mm-hmm. like right away. He and like, he's not even in the scene. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess that's my point. Like as far as the text goes, we've literally never seen Cersei and him on screen together. But somehow he trusts her more than like the duty taught how to fight, yeah. and then the duty hung out with her for a long time at the beginning. Like, I don't know. Don't know about that one. At the same time, though, he did tell the Lannister brothers that he would bet more on them. Because they have a, two dragons at the time, so I don't know. Maybe he never really did believe her. He just took that offer to get something better. She never had her dragons. That's like when you print out the price on Amazon.com and take it into Lowe's and yeah, try to get him to like for sure downsell you. But let's keep moving here because yeah. there's quite a bit more to talk about. Um, we're gonna skip around a lot, but Jamie and Brienne they finally hook up. One part I really liked about this is when. Torman was like oh, making his move, and Jamie like stepped up in his face. Sad. I thought, yeah, I thought that was gonna happen. Huh? I wanted, I wanted Torman and Brienne to get together so bad. Torman's pretty heartbroken over all of it. Yeah, he was crying. I mean, he cried his way into the arms of another woman. And after all that, this fucker comes north and takes her from her. Just takes her like that. I mean it again. My heart is broken. Don't touch me. You can touch me. I'm not afraid of wild things. Maybe you should be. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed okay. Honestly. <laughs> Didn't bother him for too long. He gets a dire wolf out of it. That's a pretty <sighs> good trade. Oh, sadness. True. Jordan, Jamie leaves Brienne, but... It's a little bit even more sad when John leaves, I think, Winterfell. Yeah. Do you want to explain all the sad parts? Yeah, Tormund is going to leave with the wildlings, and John just gives him ghosts. And I I got to say, like, as a only a show watcher and not a book reader, I feel like they have not done any of the direwolves much justice from what I've heard is in the books. What do you guys think about that? Like, would he ever do that in the books? Don't they have, like, a special connection? It's like the smoke monster in Lost, man. Yeah, why would you just give up the smoke monster? <laughs> I don't know. That's like such a pivotal scene, like episode one, two, and they get the direwolves. Right. Like, 
and the little last one for Ghost for John. Like it, it really doesn't come into play at all. That's the scene that's supposedly George R. R. Martin's like divine inspiration scene that started the whole series. He got this like image in his head of this family finding these like direwolf pups with a dead mother, and he like built it out from there. Really? It's like I'll just bullcrap it in twenty years. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll figure it out by the time I get there. <laughs> he just gives them away. Gives Ghost away. I hated that so much. Yeah. So unceremonious too. And Ghost is the last yeah. one too. Well, Nightmare is out there somewhere. I was going to say, Brett, do you think she could forever. come into play? We saw Nightmare. I mean, that like would be two, interesting. Two seasons ago, I guess. It's a long time in Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, her. When we see her, her and her puppies were about to kill Arya, I think, and she like. Ghost dogged. Well, the Arya, I mean, the Nymeria is a <laughs> Rock no, dogs. Yeah, ghost dog didn't really work because there was a dog Lord. named Ghost, but they have a much bigger connection in the book, so I was surprised, kind of disappointed with how little the dire wolves mattered in the show. To put into context how long Nymeria's been gone, in this one episode, they go from laying out their plan to Danny having a ship battle halfway between the North and King's Landing and then Danny actually being at King's Landing's doorstep in yeah. one single episode. But Pixie Bomber, Renee, uh, let's hit up the sea battle. Describe oh. this in vivid detail for our listener. Oh, the traveling seas. Well... Oh, they open it up with Varys and Tyrion having another conversation, and Varys basically saying, John is the better one. And then you see the dragon, like the Greyjoy's boats with the dragons, and then like Euron pulls back that giant arrow and just nails the dragon in the neck. Yeah, Scorpion, and, those things are game changers. Oh. Yeah, it's huge. And, like, his aim was basically, like, Knight of the White Walkers level, like, straight on. Mm. Okay. He's, nin- he's ninja in Fortnite, just sniping people with a heavy sniper from, like, 350. <laughs> it's crazy. So many Fortnite references. Right. Our podcast is lit. <laughs> yeah. Pap, where does, where does this dragon get hit with the arrows? Because it's pretty graphic and awesome. I'm trying to think. It's, it's like the, neck. the first one. First one straight to the one's chest. Like, through the chest, then a couple through the neck, then like one through the no. face. Like, there's definitely one through the. He face. got hit in the chest, then in the wing, and then when he got hit in the wing, I was like, okay. "Oh, sweet, he's gonna live!" And then went right through his neck. Yeah, that and was the. It was one. game over. These guys have become more proficient than the Night King Uncle Rico <laughs> ever was. It's insane. How can they be so good at a moving target? That doesn't make any any sense. They've been training nonstop with these new inventions. That. I don't know. It's really made the dragons like a non-factor and yeah. Pixie Bomber. I didn't want to take it away from you it's so fine. far, so we'll, we'll bounce back to you. But I think the point is made that these dragons aren't going to win the war for Danny anymore. That their powerfulness is lessened and they're weakened once people start throwing stabby, stabby things at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has has no one ever had a crossbow before? Like, it, do people not know how to de- like defend against? big crossbow yeah the scorpion uh i don't know he apparently like kyburn made those better like he invented that so they must just be way bigger way more powerful than usual so bronze shoot shot one similar in like season six or 
season seven or whatever. Yeah, the loot train. It's one of the dragons. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good so at it too. Like, I guess I guess they're just like really accurate weapons. They have a little laser sight on them. I don't know. Danny, it's all she's all upset. So she starts to charge at them, and Euron just shoots a full wave of arrows, and then she quickly darts and backs away. So I was a little surprised, but not surprised. I wish she would have shot some fire. I mean, easily burning the ships is yeah. a surefire way to do it. But instead, she got scared and worried about the last remaining dragon being shot. So she turned back around. And with that, Euron seemed very happy. And then he moved his targets to all the boats. <laughs> that they were... Euron was expecting them, but the boats were not expecting Euron. So and these bows are like a, a real revolutionary yeah. war tactic because Game not changer. only can they, yeah, they can take out the dragons, but the boats, and they're also on the castle walls. They blew like a ship up almost completely into like dust with like nine arrows. <laughs> they were taking chunks out of those Dude, boats. Dude, yeah, that was brutal. That was crazy. That made me super nervous. And Tyrion, trying to figure out where to go with all yeah. everything going at him, he's like, I'll just jump in the water. Definitely made the right decision. But then the you just see the beam falling towards uh, him. Yeah. And then they just cut to black in the middle of the episode. Now, have they done this a few times with Tyrion in battles where they kind of let him lead and end it? I feel like that's a trope now in the show. Yeah. He definitely got knocked out during Blackwater. Uh been at least a couple times. Yeah, I they got his face chopped off in Blackwater, and then the first time he took the the hill people, and he got hit in the face with a uh, a hammer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did go. It did go black in both of those. So Euron and his convoy completely destroy the boats. They take out one of the dragons, and the thing that I th- this is a really fun scene. But thinking back on it, the one thing that weirdly upset me was that. In the books, Euron Greyjoy is way darker and meaner, and when mm-hmm. he fights ship to ship, he like wears his full body armor, which no one else dares to do, and like jumps yeah. aboard the other ship and just starts slicing the crew up, and he's like unstoppable and fearless and crazy. And in this one, he's just more like a pirate who doesn't even wear a helmet shooting arrows. <laughs> he was the one that wasn't the king, right? He was set by... The gray joy that was king, correct? Yes. And he started to be like, wait, I can take over myself. So, okay. He, he was to the middle. He himself. Yeah. I mean, I guess they skipped over the whole battle, so I don't know what really happened out there. But, Pap, some of our people wash ashore, and what do they find? Well, of course, uh, in, like, classic Game of Thrones news in 8, uh, fashion like the only one who's k- kidnapped by the Lannister forces just happens to be Danny's best friend, uh, Masandi. So I don't know how exactly that that went down. If they recognized her, or if like she just was literally the only one who washed to the right shore. But she's captured as prisoner, and then they uh, the remaining forces just kind of line up right outside of uh, the King's Landing gate, like that you mentioned. There's like a shot of all the ships just like kind of messed up at sea. I th- really thought Euron was going to like pursue them on foot and take out people. And like, I'm also confused. Maybe you can fill me in Pat, the people that are standing outside the gate. 
That's just like a convoy from right. their army, or is that like That's, all that, they have left? I heard people debating that today. I, like all three of the people just kind of assumed that was more of a small convoy, and they have a lot more people, or at least maybe not a lot more people, because I think some of the Unsullied traveled with John, right? March with John. I don't know. I hope that's not I all I don't of them. think they're fully showing their hand. But the fact that that's a question is just... The fact that that's even a question is just bad storytelling, though. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We should we should at least know. Like, I've seen the most complaints today about, like, the numbers and how, you know... First of all, we said it last week. It looks like everyone should have died in the, that battle. Yes. And then they were literally talking today, and Cersei said it herself... We almost have the same amount of soldiers as they do now. Like, we know they have 20,000 soldiers, so she's pretty much implying that they know Danny has over 20,000 soldiers still. And they were like, oh, we lost half of the unsold. We yeah. lost half of these people. And I'm just like, you know, again, I don't, whatever. But, like, come on. Like, we're supposed to expect it. She has, I said it last week, where's our army going to come from? But apparently she still has twenty to 30,000 people. So I thought they did a pretty poor job. I did like that. in that scene though. I did like in that scene though when they're like taking those like custom pieces yeah. off the map that they have like specified pieces for like the golden company and everything. <laughs> yeah. So there's like some dude just making like as different armies enter the battle. <laughs> like that's, he has to make that's the what, piece well, for the map had that. Oh yeah, I guess they had those. They're at Dragonstone, so they're probably playing with the same pieces. But yeah. So do you guys think that now know. that the Night King is dead, that like the problems of winter and crops is like fine and like the seasons are balanced again or hmm. is that still like a problem i'm sure it'll still be a long winter i mean it's been a long december there's reason to reason believe. to believe I mean, there was a <laughs> shot of aria and the hound riding on horseback over a beautiful snow-laden like picturesque scene but no one's like freezing up in winterfell anymore it seems to be like okay well, maybe this year will be better than the last can't remember the last thing that you said as you were leaving all the days go by so fast and it's one more day up in the canyon there's a reason to believe that Con and crows you're welcome inspirational podcast yeah. tag it under that <laughs> Uh, so let's get to the end scene here when that convoy is outside the gate. Um, Anybody Brother else Jordan. thinking they're way too close to the arrows? <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I agree. They lead like a little, uh, I don't know, like 50-person force up to <laughs> just within arrow range yeah. with all their archers on the sitting on the walls, um, and they send out their respective hands to each each one thinks the other person is going to surrender which very clearly is not going to happen um and then what Tyrion walks further into arrow range and well, i'm walks really out confused first. yeah yeah like they meet and talk and they're both like no nah, like you surrender first um and then I, why doesn't Cersei kill Tyrion right here she's talked about it forever hated him for so it's, long has actively tried to kill form. him Poor she has battle. a some, bigger plot in mind. Is it some big scheme? I bet. Since when does why does Cersei care about form in that moment in second? No, I don't or, think she should. Ever. I'm just saying. That, I mean, like, there are like rules of engagement. They 
try to do. I mean, but Tyrion literally probably would have violated those by walking past the, the, the negotiator and approaching the battlefield walls. Like, there's no way that you're still covered underneath whatever kind of formal engagement rules like that. I thought she should have, like, she literally had her hand up. And I don't even know what the signal to fire was, but apparently she just puts her hand down and that's not it. I just, I don't know. She, and that was yes, like Joaquin weird. Phoenix and Gladiator. <laughs> with thumbs, thumbs up. up. <laughs> thumbs down. I yeah. just can't believe he s- said, you're not a monster. Like, like, yeah, she is. She's shown she's a monster multiple times. You're not a monster. I know this. I know this because I've seen it. You've always loved your children. And how is the Greyjoy dude now? Like, how did how does he know that you're pregnant? Exactly. Wouldn't that be a question that should come That's, up? Well, like, wait a minute. A Tyrion was plot. Tyrion was very smart about saying it doesn't mean your baby has to die. At that point, he knew it was Jamie's, but he didn't throw that out there. He was very deliberate in what he said to her. How could Euron possibly think that Tyrion would know about this baby? Because Euron's no dumb. Way. He's air- also super arrogant. I don't know. So arrogant. He's just like, yeah, I, I banged her. Yeah, baby, yeah it's my scene, <laughs> baby. I think so. Seed is like a one-hit wonder. It goes in and it's gone. <gasps> it's my iron seed. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I Okay, so I was watching back when Game of Thrones used to be amazing. There's a scene with Ty- Tyrion and uh, his dad, Tywin. And Tywin was really laying out very clearly about how he's all about family. Explain to me why it is more noble to kill 10,000 men in battle than a dozen at dinner. So that's why you did it? To save lives? To end the war, to protect the family. Do you want to write a song for the dead Starks? Go ahead, write one. I'm in this world a little while longer to defend the Lannisters, to defend my blood. It does make me somewhat wonder if Cersei is sparing him because it is her brother and she has something deep down for him. Well, she sent Bronn after him. She's never been one to follow the rules. I don't know why now she's choosing to play by the rules of engagement. It makes no sense with how she's been all throughout the series. Exactly, but I don't think I think more over like inconsistently like Tyrion's just a freaking idiot in this episode though like like what does he really do? He doesn't say anything clever at dinner. He then promises Highgarden to a sellsword, a promise he can't possibly keep. Then he negotiates on the side of a probably a mad woman who wants to kill thousands of innocent people to various who probably doesn't trust Tyrion anymore. And then he has this like feeble last second attempt. At like a plea which doesn't work like Tyrion's characters what's the point of him even existing at this point what are you trying to say pap he's useless and i think that <laughs> Tyrion's always kind of been an analog for george and then the showrunners are just shitting on Tyrion now like, uh, <laughs> i thought sam was the george maybe speaking of sam that scene when he like john finds out that they're pregnant again and Sam's just head is like bobbing up and down for like the whole ten minutes. Does he even <laughs> He's say anything? To explain how it happened. Yes, he tries to explain how you know it, there was a lot of reading and it was cold. Like he's trying to explain how they, you know, eventually got together. 
And Beto Does baby. anybody wish he wasn't interrupted so we could uh, see what conclusion he landed on? <laughs> I wanted to hear that whole story come out of Sam's mouth and how awkward it was going to get. Something, something pink masked. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a deep cut for book readers. <laughs> a pink mast is referenced in the book with Sam and re- his penis. Anyway, the <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm missing out by not reading now. <laughs> yeah, now you're missing out. Uh, Pap, fellow book reader, it's been yeah. nine years since the book, but we're finally seeing some of the cards fall into place. Give us your final thoughts and maybe a yes or no here. I read, only read the books three years ago, so it hasn't been nine years for me, but I can't imagine like having to wait that long and this being the conclusion you get. Like Things are happening really quickly um like i said i don't know what the point of Tyrion's character is like there, there are some good moments in this but like it doesn't feel the, the fact that like we all agreed like wholeheartedly that that one little scene felt like old game of thrones kind of like kind of says the larger picture that the rest of this doesn't feel like game of thrones very much anymore especially when like the heroes are the ones who just happen to get rescued and kidnapped by the enemy forces i don't know it's it's a soft yes for me I, I think overall this season's going to be kind of a disappointment um, the way it's trending, but I'm there's still enough here to keep me at least a little bit interested, I guess. Brother Jordan? Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's kind of some pros and cons to this episode. They definitely are trying to kind of tie up a lot of loose ends and move the story along really quickly, so I think that we see some cool stuff like Pappy said, but then there's also some gaping holes like how Danny and the dragons don't see a bunch of ships coming around the corner. Um, it's it's still entertaining to me. And Josh, I told you this earlier. Like I'm almost giving up the like critical eye on this and just trying to like enjoy these last few episodes and let it be what it is. Um, it's a it's a yes. I think it's still entertaining, but definitely has some holes in it. Like I said. Yeah, and our younger brother, who's like brand new to the series, but binged it all and is up to this point. Um, he was so pumped coming in the season mm-hmm. and he's just like season eight worst season ever. It's really, f- it's really funny to hear that uh, from a new fan, but honestly, man, I think binging him is different than having to wait and watch and like think about it because you can just crank them out and it, I think it feels like a better like story. I don't know, Brett, you recently binged. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I don't have any problems with anything that's going on. Uh, I think it's all great. think people are just have this utopian thought in their brain of how they want this show to go and i don't yeah. i think people are going to be disappointed no matter what i think it's fine i think it's all really good so it's i have zero complaints about any of the seasons and yeah i watched it all in two and a half weeks so give us your yes or no then i mean yeah the episode was was pretty good it wasn't great but it's definite yes Uh, Renee? Before we move on, oh. Stevie, who's in Florida, uh, told me to pass along his no. Wait, and can we, be, uh, be, Pappy, I have not read his response, but can we use that for some post content and uh, rip it apart a little bit? Extend that scene, or do you want to just read the whole thing now? I mean, I was literally halfway through it, but you're the host, <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so, so it's not a money manifesto? No. Okay, yeah, <laughs> go, just, go ahead, go ahead. 
It's no because of the Starbucks scene. That was literally all I had. <laughs> but I'm literally holding my Starbucks cup. Thank goodness you brought that up. Perfect segue to Pixie Bomber. You actually got a Starbucks drink that's Game of Thrones themed. Not a sponsor of the show, but uh, how, how is that drink sitting with you right now, 30 minutes into the pod? Oh, you mean my dragon milk caramel macchiato? <laughs> So Starbucks ran out of characters to write the name. So I hand wrote her entire script out on the side of my cup. Because her entire script. What do you mean? Daenerys Starborn, House of Targaryen. First of her name, (laughs) Queen of the Indonis and the First Man. Protector of the Seven Kingdoms, Mother of Dragons, Khaleesi of the Green... Green grassy, <laughs> unburnt, breaker of chains, and drinker of the dragon milk caramel macchiato. <laughs> I think my handwriting caused me not to be able to read very well. Because it's kind of hard <laughs> to write on a cup when it's hot. I admire your determination in getting the whole thing down. Uh, can you give us your yes or no here? It started out with a solid yes. But then the scene, as I mentioned earlier, was a little bit of a bad script. There was one shot with the castle top where you can really tell it was rendered. And I know they blew all their money in the previous episode, but I was hoping they would at least render the top of the castle with the arrows a little bit better. And the part with the wolf breaks my heart. I get that. John was giving up his Stark name and the wolf was representative of that. But I wish it just would have been a little bit more. Like, he could have said something. Instead, you see Ghost whimper towards him. Like, whimper at him as he's walking away. So then my yes got a little deflated and is a soft yes. Not quite a no, but just a soft yes. I'll give this a soft yes too. I think Pappy hit on something pretty true and you can like feel when the show dips into old thrones and it's good and you're just wishing they'll stay there, but they don't or they can't. Um, It's still a soft yes though. Um, A lot of the blowback I think had a lot of merit to it because I don't think there's like any women on the writing team at all for this show. And there's this one quote or this is one tweet I want to read, and it's uh, it's a little it's a uh, cover your youngins' ears because there's the D word, but it says y'all give Brienne dick one time and now she's crying. Absolutely the fuck not. Um, and that's something like as a white dude, I really wouldn't have caught on to, but now that I think about it and oh, read that, it's like, yeah, why? What Brett? What? How does that not undermine Brienne's <laughs> entire character for him? her to be swooning over Jamie. She said it herself. The best day of her life was that one day that all those guys noticed her. It's always been really important to her, whether that's right or wrong. She's always wanted to feel loved and feel the love of a guy. And she loved Jamie. It was like the perfect thing for her. She thought she'd finally get what she wanted and he left. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, I thought they established that pretty heavily early on that that's what she wanted wait so was, was was she going to kill was he going to kill Cersei or no protect idea. her I think he's ugh. and I'm I have I'm no worried idea. about it I'm so confused 
So I just pulled up the Game of Thrones list, and there's three women that wrote an all total. They've Seven only episodes. done 10 episodes out of the entire series. Brett doesn't think that's a problem, so I guess we can move on. Uh, well, you don't think it's a problem? No, the only problem, I'm not saying it's a problem at all. I'm just saying the 88% of the episodes are written by like the two creators, so it's Correct. not that crazy to me that, I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever, just go on. I wish there was more female writers, but that's my stone to bear. Yeah, it is. I wish they'd just get more writers because they're not very good at writing. <laughs> or start using I mean, the ones when they were good. The book ran out, and it really exposed them, in my opinion. And I think Pappy would agree with that as well. <laughs> well, wait, was he going to save her or kill her? <laughs> I need to... <laughs> Jordan, is he going to save her no, or kill her? Wait, I no. want to know. Yeah, thank you. I need to know. I think we should suss that out. And like, also, Varys, is he going to kill Danny? Are, are both women going to get killed? I saw someone say today they would put actual money down that Varys burns alive, gets burned alive next episode. It's mm. good. Call. I mean, I have money on my death list, but I've never gotten that specific with who dies. I don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know. I'm going to say he's going to kill her but my initial thought was to protect her then everyone on the internet said it was to kill her so that's why i got super confused well there's only two episodes left of game of thrones that's pretty crazy do you guys think we will eventually get the deaths that we thought we'd get last episode this is the last question before we sign off like uh yeah what how do you guys right now with two episodes left think we're gonna end up at the end I have only eight counted deaths, and my list is a total of 23 deaths that I need to see out of 33 people. Jeez, Dexter. (laughs) And in typical, like, as history has taught us every season, the episode before the finale is usually the more dramatic one, the bigger one, the one that really packs the the whole, you know everything together and then the finale of the season kind of wraps it all up and does exposition and whatever so i'm hoping it comes with this episode i know i think sansa's gonna be on the iron throne at the end i think she's scheming with Tyrion on her side uh, i'm not sure that's how I i'm skipping that, it yeah. yeah i'm not sure I think this show's gone to shit. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't think... I mean, I think that the, the whole Starbucks thing, like, yeah, it's a minor, like, overlook, but, like, I think the creators just want to move on, and I think they have for, like, two or three years now. Like, things are just getting wrapped up. Like, I don't think... I'm not really looking forward to the end, to be honest, but we'll see, I guess. I saw some people predicting that we'd get the Mad Queen and she'd have to be taken out. Um, I don't know. I really don't know how it's going to end. I know I feel like if Danny dies and John's the king, SJ Doves will have a field day and it'll be really bad, so. <laughs> I really don't know. I'd love to see them both on the throne, but that's obviously, I don't feel like that's going to happen for some seemed perfect to me but you know the, we'll the see. very last shot of the episode is 
Danny's face, looking real mad. It's like they're really trying to show us that she's mad now. So. Yeah, I thought uh, some people did think that that could have been like a misdirect because they want people to think that she's going to go all crazy, but that she might not. I thought they made it, if she does go crazy or dies, I think they kind of did themselves a service by saying, you know, revolutionaries usually make the worst. Maybe they didn't say it in the show, but I saw it on a thing. She was a great revolutionary. She freed a lot of people, but they don't always make the best rulers. And usually the people after the revolutionary make better rulers. So maybe that's how they're going to do it. She did a lot of great things, but she kind of lost her mind in the end. And then someone else will come and pick up her mantle and do it right. But I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I just hope she eventually learns from her mistakes, listens to some advisors. Yeah. It seems to be how her arc kind of is every season, makes a couple mistakes and then kind of comes back to Earth. But I think they're setting up where she's not going to come back to Earth this time. But. Yeah, they're like, yeah, people are losing faith in her. Oh, this episode, she mentally unwound. Like, you saw her internal destruction. Mm-hmm. Do you think when Masande got ahead in life, that was like her breaking point? <sighs> All right, I just want to bring it back to the beginning of the show for <laughs> no, for, the, for the writing. It. It's a good writing of this podcast. So our spoilers have better writing than Game of Thrones <laughs> for the top of the episode. <laughs> it's called a callback. But anyway, uh, that's it of Game of Thrones season eight, episode four. Until next time, um, take it away. Spoiler. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. That was spoilers. Guess I should. Hi, God. Give me your word. You have my word. But he really didn't.